A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable, lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. As always, we'll be addressing some audience questions and taking on a few issues from the internet. But first... Time for the daily stand-up. Why don't you go in, go ahead and hit me with it, Frank? Well, Derek, I return to you now from my celebration of the Festival of the Inedible Baby. And though I was so incredibly jealous, or rather envious, of uh, your wonderful trip, <laughs> your wonderful pilgrimage to the Holy Land, um... I am anxious and excited to hear how it went. The the Holy Land being the French Quarter in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> birth of the King Cake. I assume Birth of the King Cake. Maybe not. Well, but. Derek, I, I've actually got a lot more in the way of pedantic bullshit that I can bring to the table now. I I knew it. I knew as soon as I said that that either uh, that I was either going to be right and you were going to tell me about it, or I was going to be wrong and you were going to tell me about it. Any way you roll those dice, baby. <laughs> All right, uh, so, learn us a little bit, Frank. Well, I, I'm not going to get that far into it, but needless to say, the king cake <laughs> was brought over uh, from France, and it's still a French thing that goes on. Okay, and uh, but the the evolution of the new orleans king cake has separated to some extent uh there there are northern and southern french varieties of the king cake the most common type of king cake that everybody knows you know the big ring that's got uh like a, a bread with some icing on top of it i mean of, of course i am familiar with the centerpiece of our wonderful festival that is, I think, a northern French style of king cake. Okay. There is a less well-known southern style that is completely different and doesn't necessarily... <laughs> and covered in gravy. And covered in gravy. <laughs> it, uses a, uh, mm. it uses a puff pastry instead of like a brioche okay. bread dough. Sure. It is it is similar and both of them are flavored with almond and vanilla. But from there like the the base pastry layer is what's different. Uh in the northern version you get the the brioche bread dough and in the southern version they use a a, a puff pastry. Okay, so the the southern version probably ends up more like a uh, almond and vanilla filled croissant of some sort. A little bit. Yeah. Um so we we had a king cake tasting with a uh one of the the bakers uh in in new orleans who <laughs> and and let, let me let me stop right there i don't know if i expressed to you the depth of my envy 
of of what you were doing right at that current time. I mean, with the exception of my wedding, I've never been invited to or been party to a uh, a pastry tasting, and it's one of my my deepest regrets is that that I don't find some way to make that a a normal occurrence because you know when when you said I'm at a king cake tasting um I I really wished that I could have summoned a genie to to kill you and put me in your spot um as is often the case I, I'm pretty sure when you sent me that um pretty sure I was like digging down on some broccoli or something at the time because I remember being like not just mad about it but really really upset and and uh for like the 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 diametric ends of the the culinary spectrum uh you on the, the tasty end me on the kill me now end um As you enjoy I could your, not have been more upset your lightly blanched cauliflower go fuck yourself frank <laughs> of course i didn't <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> so there we are with Mr. Gregory, uh, according to him, at least the person who has the most expensive king cake in New Orleans. Okay. I mean, that, that sounds like, I mean, it sounds possible, but it sounds like if somebody really like cared about it, they could probably do one, one better. But how much are we talking? Like how much were, were his king cakes? 40 bucks. So not. Not enormously expensive. I mean, you know, more than, you know, it's more than your standard uh, food world king cake fair. But, like, if somebody really wanted to claim that title, I mean, fuck it, Frank. Like, I, we, we, you and I both uh, have a claim to fame for king cake. So <laughs> if this whole podcast thing doesn't work out, we should go down and start the, um, and, and claim the title of most expensive king cake. And, uh, it doesn't, we don't have to go like completely, you know, 100% nuts the first time because we just have to beat $40. 45. So so $45, you know, add like, um, it's just like a dash of like truffle oil in the, in the, the pastry or something, something just to kick it up just a little bit. That's the thing. The problem is with when you're, when you're going for the most expensive, whatever, is that uh-huh. invariably it becomes the race to whoever can put more truffles or gold. <laughs> exactly. That that's why I said that there was there was a there's a ladder of what we can do. And then eventually uh instead of flour, we just start using one hundred percent shredded edible gold. I mean, it's not gonna taste the same, but it will fit the criteria. I mean, I think we get up to like one grand oh, or better. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to have like, it's just at that point we call it a king cake because we've put some sprinkles on it, but it's made just purely of golden truffles. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a gold mushroom. And we're like, nope, that's a king cake. <laughs> you can tell I mean, because there's a baby stuffed inside. <laughs> it will, it will be wildly unpleasant and disgusting to eat. But by God, it fits the criteria of of bakeable and filled with an inedible baby. Therefore, is king cake. So I also discovered that I am a heathen of some sort because we're there. We're having the tasting. <laughs> you you really have to be more specific. Like you can't just throw that out there. 
Monsieur Gregory has brought multiple types of king cake, um, ranging from the, as he said, they lovingly put it, the grocery store king cake to, Uh you know, other fancy baked king cakes in town and then his own king cake. Wait, wait, so you went to this guy and he let you try his competitor's king cakes as well? Yes. It was a little (laughs) buck wild, to be perfectly honest. All the, all the balls on this guy like it's like you come to me you pay all the money i will go and buy my competitors king cakes because i know you're gonna like mine best that is confidence my friend confidence and he wasn't even talking trash about anything like he (laughs) he was like here's the king cake from one of the local um grocery store chains that produces the most king cake in Mm -hmm. in the world they sold like 800,000 during the last season and this season was going to be three weeks longer or something like that. So they, they were already on track to, to sell even more. Wow. And then, you know, like this is, this is your basic king cake you get around here, which is to say it's a step above the king cake I would probably get somewhere else. It was, it was pretty good. Okay. But then like the fancy bakery king cake in that same Northern style but then his king cake was of a completely different style that is less known in the area, I suppose. Okay. One utilizing that puff pastry. And so I guess that's where he can charge his premium is that nobody else makes the king cake quite the way that he makes the king cake because his is from an entirely different area in France. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, I could go to Italy and like, burn some noodles and say hey i'm the only one that does it the way that i do it badly like not really claim the fame but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna crap on that i i'm sure that his was was based out of you know much more skill than my than my buffoonery would do but that's fine his was skillfully put together but i right the problem is he did serve me his competitors king cakes Mm mm-hmm and I liked one of those better. I was about to ask, which one did you like better? Uh, there was one that was from another bakery, and it was produced in the style of a Cajun bride's cake, which is okay. apparently a whole thing. Um, but it's it was cream cheese and a couple of other things in there, and it was uh, like a massively <laughs> enriched dough. Uh-huh. And so where, you know, you get that sort of light, medium-density brioche kind of bread that is not overly sweet for most king cakes, and then the overly mm-hmm. sweet topping. Sure. This was, the, you know, more of a balanced topping, and then an absolutely just insanely rich cake in and of itself. Mm. And I was mm. like, oh, <laughs> Mr. Gregory, I'm, I'm sorry, baby, but... <laughs> Your king cake is expensive and good and all, but they put cream cheese in the other one. <laughs> you were you were at a disadvantage before we started, but yeah, but you are not the winner. And uh, so, so I, did 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 you did you have to tell him to his face? Oh like, no! Did he no. ask you? No he he was he was both. Uh, I think he had enough confidence that he was not in any way, shape, or form worried. Right. But I think he also just didn't necessarily care. 
Because well, I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, like you did pay for his establishment to give you a cake tasting. So oh, yeah. like he he, you, you, got, he, my he got your entry fee, right? He got your entry fee. But his his uh his bakery is open like two hours a day, four days a week. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> he's like we're open from nine a.m. till we sell out, which is never past eleven. <laughs> Damn! I was like, all that, right, wow. That, that's confidence, man. <laughs> and he's he's got enough money that he's got you know a a bakery in the French Quarter and a house that is like literally three doors down from there. So he's he doing all right for himself. Wow. So yeah, they're they're moving a lot of product in that two hours, but. Yeah. So that was oh. that was just it was uh it was a very very good time having an absolutely insane amount of cake. And and you know, not not to, to part the curtain too much, but you know, you did deliver unto me a a small personal pan pizza sized king cake that was found on my desk this morning. And I will say it it was a mixed feeling. It was a feeling of <laughs> of wow, my my Franklin um, thought of me and and gave me this wonderful gift of something straight from New Orleans that I would not be able to get around here. But at the same time, I was like, I probably could summon up enough money to assassinate Frank if I had to. <laughs> like, I could probably summon up some money to get to hire a hitman. Because I, the willpower that it took for me not to consume that king cake as, as like, without, a, I, I thought about just, like, if I don't unwrap it, if I just stuff the whole box into my mouth, did I really, am I really getting the calories from it? No, it's free at that like, point. Exactly. Um, but no. Th- then I realized, like, it, it as with many of your gifts, it is it is twofold. Not only were you aware that you were giving me something very nice, but you also realized that you were causing me great emotional pain. And, <laughs> and that is the best gift that you could receive. So The best gift of all. <laughs> That's the suffering of others. Want to go to a question from the audience? Yes. Let's do that. I got to stop king- thinking about king cake because I'm so hungry, Frank. I'm so... So, so hungry. See, needless to say, Derek, I I went off my diet that day. <laughs> About to say, I don't think you asked for the keto king's cake. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not ask for the keto king cake. I I had been sitting there thinking about like, well, maybe if I replace all of this with coconut flour and a little mix of almond flour, then I can use some. No, no, it would be a blasphemy. <laughs> So, so to be to be uh, respectful of these people, I will, I will consume their pastries. But uh, yeah, Mr. Gregory was like, "Y'all gonna get tired of king cake because we about to go in there and eat about three thousand calories worth of sugar, babies." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, Mr. Gregory, challenge accepted." <laughs> oh, my plate like... and my conscience were clean. <laughs> It's like, sir, you you underestimate my resolve to eat every piece of pastry in this establishment. But, all right, question from the audience. Hello again from the world of software development at a chicken farm. Today I have a new problem. 
Our machines at work are decent computers, but our laptops with somewhat limiting hardware. As a result, when we run our usual software suites, IDEs, DB tools, etc., they tend to either come close to or fully max out the hardware. So our computers will crash on occasion as a result. My boss understands that we need new computers with better hardware, and probably should have desktops since we don't really use the mobility of the laptops. But he has to justify the purchase to his boss. What are some clever ways you can think of to justify buying a new and better computer to the higher-ups, especially given that we already have some of the nicest computers in the company? Sent in by Mr. Sausage. <laughs> oh, once again, we hear from Mr. Sausage, which for those of you who are not familiar or may have forgotten, uh, we had a wonderful question from Mr. Sausage a few months ago about... Uh, is this the one where his boss was sending naughty pictures to his wife? Yes, that's the one. I was trying I was trying to be somewhat uh not vague about it, but but leave some mystery in there. Um but no, so so this employee uh saw something that he wasn't meant to see and he had some good leverage on his boss. And I think it sounds like what I'm what I'm hearing is that the leverage that he gained was spent on frivolous things because now um, he's run out of, of that leverage and they need new computers. Well, it, it seems like his direct boss is on board and probably on board via blackmail, which is fine. Right. Absolutely. I mean, by any, by any means necessary. It's the boss's boss that is the problem. As mm. as is often the case, it's the boss's boss that you you have a difficult time convincing of things. Right, right. They're a little more removed from the day to day functioning of the office, and they don't necessarily know how important a new computer might be. You know, just going out on a limb, I'm going to to say that I don't think the high ups here are necessarily software developers themselves. This seems like like a software development angle of a completely separate business concern, specifically I, I think a you're exactly farm. right. Yeah. I think that is that is absolutely what's going on here. So this is where the time honored tradition of baffling them with bullshit comes into play. <laughs> okay. Because he doesn't I, I know any better. See that. Like the boss's right. boss doesn't necessarily know any better. You can say that we've got the best computers in the office and all you have to say is, yeah, but they're still not to spec for software development. You could say that, that the, the computers that we have are not, not sufficient for the cloud-based installations of asynchronous multiprocessing that we need to do to, to really meet our customers' needs. Not meet, exceed our customers' exceed. desires. Oh, I almost, oh, I almost had it in one shot. Almost. Son yeah. of a bitch. You're very close. Oh. <laughs> I think, and, and here's a serious answer that is terrible because it's a serious answer. If someone doesn't uh -huh. know fuck all about computers, just going to them and saying, these are laptops, and laptops can't have as big a processing power as desktops, so we need new desktops. That's probably all the big boss is going to need. He's going to be like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> 
That makes yeah. sense. The laptop is very small and cannot hold all the power. <laughs> all the codes. The desktop <laughs> is bigger and can thus hold all the codes. Right. You can fit way more code in that little in that big box than you can in that little box. So and yeah, I mean that, that does make sense. And and I think you're right. I think that if if this person, if the boss's boss has no clue on you know technology and what it takes to you know to really properly outfit development resources, I think you know I think you have a good case for just going in and just saying, hey, we don't have enough power. We need more power, and leave it at that. Now, what is dangerous is if this person is only slightly more informed, <laughs> informed just enough to be dangerous. So they, they know very little, but they think they know a lot. So everyone. <laughs> so yeah, somebody that is, that is well and truly in, in the grips of the, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, they know just enough to feel like they know everything. And uh, you're going to have to work really hard to, to plead your case. If that's the case, Frank, what are they going to do? I think this is where I would bring to bear a skill from child rearing. Okay, this, this is new to me. Like, this is not my, my domain, so you are informing me. We give them a choice and ask them, which of the two choices is better? You've oh. prepared both choices, but now they have the illusion of choice. So you're like, hmm, I, I really need your help making this decision. There is desktop A, and, you know, the specs are pretty good, but it's kind of a, a price-to-value thing with desktop B. We just were having trouble making a decision. Which do you think is the best way to go? Suddenly he's invested. Suddenly it's his decision. You're, you're relying on, on the boss's boss's wisdom. Which, which plays perfectly into their psyche because there's nothing more. If, if they know just enough about computers to be dangerous, there's nothing they want more than to feel as if their, their little bit of computer knowledge is playing a big part. Exactly. And, I I think this is this is devious and this is perfect and I'm a little terrified because I I'm it's the I'm kind of shit that like, actually works. Yeah, cuz it it really is. Like I am I am surprised at I guess I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that this would work because it's it's just based out of your your manager you know, bullshit psychological tricks that you play, but I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out any way that this wouldn't actually work because like I said, <laughs> where is the fatal flaw? Right. Like the, it, it can't be this easy. Can it? I mean, Did we just answer the question in like five minutes flat. I think, I think I accidentally <laughs> actually answered a question. The podcast is over. We're done. We, we can't go back now. <laughs> so, so I mean, what if this, this boss comes back and he smells just a hint, just a whiff of I'm being fleeced. And he comes back with, well, you know, why are we buying them at all? What, how because do you come back against that? Because the existing computers have all had the magic smoke released. 
Now, is that a lie you have to tell, or do you actually have to go release all the magic smoke from all the laptops? I mean, you need to release the magic smoke from at least one of the laptops. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Not enough to, to completely stop work, but enough to, to plead the case that uh, the magic smoke is <laughs> is soon to be released from all of them. And you, and once once you release the magic smoke, uh, you can't get it back in, and it's, oh, yeah. it's done. No, it's it is much like a genie. Once that genie is out of the bottle, and and then you I just was, say that like this this computer we we coded too hard. <laughs> we were we were too efficient for this meager laptop to handle. We engineered so much software that it almost caught fire. <laughs> almost. We didn't let it. We didn't let it. We caught it before it caught fire. So You know, it was... like those phones from Samsung. <laughs> Tie it back to stuff that they know. Oh, that's actually... See, this is another layer on top of that, because this is, once again, playing to the fact that they know... They know just enough to feel that they know a lot, but don't actually. So, yeah, it'll make them feel twice as smart, which... Still may not be very smart. I mean, that, that, but that's what's important for getting your budgetary stuff approved. Okay, so uh, if if the guy knows nothing, then dazzle them, blind them with science, and and just make up a bunch of words and really give them the razzle dazzle. If if they know a little bit, then give them the the two choices, both of which are outcomes you would be happy with. And let them pick the one that is most amenable to them. And if they are as informed as your boss and are just complete and utter pricks that don't want to spend money, um, then resort to option A, which was blackmail. (laughs) Computer computer destruction will continue until new computers are procured. (laughs) I like it. Want to go to an issue from the internet, Derek? Yes, let's do that. All right, the title of this this issue is How Do I Prevent Colleagues from Making Fun of the Length of My Password? (laughs) They didn't provide a username, so we'll call them Jared. Wait, no. No, Jared's Mm. ruined since the subway guy. Yeah, Um, the subway guy has has forever tainted that. We'll call call him Gavin. All right, Gavin. Gavin asks, at work, we were required to choose login passwords on our first day. I chose a long and complex, in parentheses, mixed with numbers and symbols, password. It's easy for me to remember, but hard for anyone standing around or staring over my shoulder to guess. One of my team members noticed the length, laughed, and asked why. I explained to him that I take password and security very seriously at home. Uh, or excuse me, I explained to him that I take passwords and security very seriously. Uh, at home, I use KeyPass, and regardless of the service, I make sure to choose a long and complex password. The team member g- goes around telling people, I have a long password, as if it's something to laugh about. I don't see why having a long and complex password is funny. Why do they make fun of my security habits? It's not because of the obvious dick joke, my friend. Are you sure it's not? It's because you're a pedantic asshole. (laughs) 
there were a few clues in there that that may be the case. Uh, that saying that it was easier for them to remember, which is a fool's errand. Like, really, <laughs> you've got two choices, and and not to get too far into baseball, but we have been training people to use shitty passwords for decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Short Absolutely. passwords that are difficult to remember because they include a bunch of arbitrary characters and numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. The addition of those arbitrary characters and numbers to, you know, those very few character uh, selections within the length of the password doesn't really increase the complexity of the password for a computer all that much. No, it doesn't. But it does for a person trying to remember it. Right. Whereas a, a long password that is a phrase is actually very easy for a human being to remember, but almost impossible for a computer to guess. Right. So this is definitely a, this is a factor of that for sure. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and we've talked about it before. Like I have, I have prayed for weeks since that other episode came out um, for people not to hack me because I have, a, a, I do not have a very lengthy password and I use it for everything because I know, I know me, I will forget, I will forget anything that I'm required to remember. Therefore, it has to be something that I rem- that I learned a long time ago, before before I got what whatever horrible memory problems I have gotten. Um, I think it might be college. Inverse of our original problem. I'm not going to make fun of you, Derek, for your tiny password. <laughs> In this, an instance where size really does matter. I I appreciate your restraint. You're you really are a respectful friend, and and I appreciate that. Um, and I will not mention that my password is twenty five characters long. <laughs> it's good that you that you aren't bragging about that, um, because a lesser man, a, a more assholeish man, would brag about that. Oh, but that is that is beneath me. I would not dream. <laughs> So, so one thing I wanted to point out is that there is a, there's a, a, a password locker essentially that, it, that keeps, it's kind of like a, whatever the, the Apple um, keychain is where, you know, you just have like one, one password that you log into uh, the Apple stuff with, and it, you know, keeps track of all your other, all your other passwords in the keychain. There, there's another locker called key pass. And if you say it quickly, it sounds like you say keep ass, which it does. I don't have anything else about it. I just think that's hilarious. Like, especially. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good joke, Derek. Let's go back and let's cover that ground some more. <laughs> Look, I it's just one of those like childish things, because this came up in like uh, in one of the companies we worked at before. Like we were in a big meeting with a lot of higher up people and somebody was doing a demo and they had to get a, uh, a, a, a password for a, a server out of key pass. And he, the guy just said it like, Oh, I got to go to key pass. And everyone just burst out laughing. And it was just a moment uh. where a, across like pay grades and across like, roles and stuff like that. Everybody on that call just had a moment of childish behavior where they laughed at, at 
what they thought was somebody saying keep ass. I mean, what more unity can you want, Frank, to be honest? And we all had togetherness <laughs> from a butt joke. <laughs> I mean, really, what more can I ask for? Like, So I think for, for our original question asker, the key is to understand that they're making fun of him not because he has an overly long password, but because he's the kind of pedantic asshole that goes into the same long, drawn-out explanation of what a long password is <laughs> that I did at the beginning. Uh-huh. And so he just needs to roll with it and, and make fun of himself for having, you know, a really big password. <laughs> okay, so... So what does, I mean, what does leaning into that really look like? Does he uh, announce loudly after he has created another longer password? Like, like how does he, how does he make fun of himself without just literally announcing to everyone that he changed his password? Like, I mean, I would just respond with, your mama likes it. That wasn't quite the cerebral answer I was expecting, to be honest. Sometimes the simplest ones work the best, Derek. See, you, I thought you would like, you know, push, you know, whenever you're looking on the shelf for the joke, you would push away some of the stuff at the front, some of the chaff, I thought, uh, and you would reach towards the back to the, the finer material. Um, but no, you just... You just kind of took your hand and just ran down the aisle and just knocked it all into the floor, didn't you? Sometimes, Derek, the the simplest ones are the best ones. It's just getting back to third grade. Uh, um, yeah, I, I do honestly, like, I, I am joking about it, but but I do feel that the saying, your, your mama likes it, in the right company, is a wonderful um, kind of self-aware turn of phrase. Uh, because like, it also depends on your delivery. It can either be like, like, okay, this guy actually is being childish or, or it's this guy realizes that it should sound childish, but he's saying it in such a way that it's ironic and it's like, you know, funny plus plus. As with all comedy, the key is in the delivery. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I was just reduplicating. <laughs> Case in point, I suppose. Um, but no, I, I think this guy honestly should just stand in his truth that whatever the length of your password is, as long as you're happy, as long as your loved ones are happy with the length of your password, really, whose business is it? You don't have to prove anything to anyone else. <laughs> Except, Except me. Except for... <laughs> All right. Audience question. Do it. So my boss's boss just sent an email with me included in the chain where he asked who in the organization would be good for insert my position and what the skill profile would be for somebody who fit that role. I'm not sure if he's asking me or my direct boss who is also in the thread. My question is how likely is it this means I'm getting a promotion? Hopeful in Huntsville. Oh, that is an optimistic way to look at that. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> so. Let me okay. Mm. Let, let's re, let's recap. So this person was included in an email chain with their boss and some other higher up, and that higher up asked, uh, "Who would be right for the position of the question asker?" And yeah, with the qualifications of the question asker. Yeah, buddy. I'll be honest. That that sounds like uh, a very very flagrant uh, admission that you are on the chopping block. Yeah. If I have to be honest. This is definitely of uh, an of mice and men sort of situation. <laughs> look, at, look at the rabbits. Look, yeah. look, look at the rabbits. It'll be all right, Lenny. <laughs> I mean, is there any... I, I, can't, I can't really imagine it not being that. Am I wrong? Like, is there any chance that, that this is going to turn out well? Oh, no, this guy's fucked. This is. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, I didn't know if it was my somewhat calloused uh, or somewhat disillusioned view of, of things like this. I didn't know if that was coming into play or if this really was as obvious as it sounds. No, yeah. unless, unless it was immediately preceded by... We want to promote what's his face to uh, this better position. Do you know someone in the organization that would be a good fit for his current position? Unless, unless those exact words were in there, unless the exact words were, I am going to be promoting this guy. <laughs> nah, dead man walking. See, and, and the, the thing that, that kind of, that kind of makes us a little bit weird is that like either way, whether it was w what you had just said about, you know, explicitly saying we want to promote him. Can we find somebody to replace him? Uh, or whether it was that or the other of, you know, can you, f can we find somebody to replace this position, including you on the email? Either way is really weird. Like <sighs> it's really weird. And like, <laughs> There's no, I, like, that, that also is, there's no good way through this. No. <laughs> Not either, at all. Either you've got some people in the organization who are deeply, deeply passive-aggressive. Uh-huh. Which is possible. Or are deeply, deeply stupid. That's kind of the two <laughs> choices that we have here. Either they put you on there in order to throw some shade in your direction and let you know... Uh -huh. You know, in a roundabout, backward way that you're you're up for uh, being made redundant, as they say in the UK. <laughs> in the UK, yeah, letting you know that yeah, yeah, you are you are in danger and you need to step your act up, like maybe or or they're such dipshits that they're like, we didn't bother to read who was on this email <laughs> chain before we started openly discussing replacing someone. Who may have been on this email chain. But see, I can, I can totally, I know people that would have done that. Like, I could totally see that, like, they think that they took off the people that, that were, uh, that didn't need to see that. Uh, and while discussing firing somebody, just left that person on, in the CC field. I can, I can totally see that happening. So... <laughs> 
That's the problem. Is I can. It's not that I can't see it happening, Derek. It's just that if if you're in a place where that big a dum dum is in charge, <sighs> maybe just let it happen. I mean, because I think what what you're what you're trying to get at is that if there are people there that are that dumb, maybe this is like this is a good thing that you're about to get fired because you need to be somewhere else. You need to go where there aren't there isn't such a density of dum-dums. I think I think the answer then to the original question askers ask is yes. They're going to get a promotion by getting another job. Yep. Yep. Which I mean to be honest, in a lot of cases that's probably the best promotion you could ask for. I mean not maybe not exclusively. Maybe there are some some jobs that you could just you could say, "Hey, that guy that's above me in the in the food chain, I want to be in that position. I want to be that guy." Um I will be honest, I rarely have experienced that in my career. I would rather uh <laughs> I would rather make a lateral move to another company and possibly go up a rung if if that looks pleasant. But Honestly, yeah, it's I guess, because I, I know too much about the current one. Like I was going to say, that's that's kind of the, the double-edged sword about getting promoted from within is because if you promote from within, they already know what a shit show this is. <laughs> that's exactly right. They already know about all the dirty laundry. We can, we can instead hire some lovely idiot from outside the organization and be like, no, nah, it's just you. This is This is all perfectly normal. Like honestly, that is the best situation for both parties. The the person that, or, or for all parties, like the business doesn't want you, you know, knowing all their their skeletons in their closet. They don't want you up in power. You don't want to be there because it's such a shit show. And this other person probably is just looking for another job. Like they're just looking for any place to land. So <laughs> let all all people be happy and start looking for another job. I like it. Want to take a question from the internet? Wanna I'll take, take an, an issue from the internet. Issue from the internet. <laughs> yes. Don't try to don't try to erase your boner. <laughs> we I'm embrace always... boners here. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the title of this issue is "Asking Waiters to Let You Eat in Peace" by Bob. My problem is that whenever I go to any restaurant where they serve you food, that's a little redundant. Uh, <laughs> what other type of restaurant are you going to, Bob? Jeez. The, rest, the restaurant where they have nothing but power tools, i.e. <laughs> the Home Depot restaurant. Um, this explains why I've gotten kicked out of Home Depot so often. <laughs> <laughs> quit, quit trying to eat all the bandsaws, goddammit. They first take your order, and then they bring it. And while you're eating with your mouth full of food, they have to come to you and ask, is everything okay? Uh, this bothers me a lot. I get that this is how they were trained to do their job, and I do not blame the waiter whatsoever for doing their job. But man, I just want to eat in peace and not have to answer your question with my mouth full or at all. So my question is, how can I ask the waiter that once they bring me my food to leave me alone to eat in peace? I can't think of a way to achieve this without sounding rude or with, without it sounding like a big deal. Yeah, you're correct on that one. There's very, 
very little that you can do not to come off sounding like a complete knob since sure just having written it down you come <laughs> off sounding like a complete knob i'm, I'm gonna push back on that like i you, you're you're right like it's a it's a tough conversation but i'm not i'm not willing to say that it's not worth at least entertaining because you know, I am a personable person. Like I like talking to people, but there are some occasions that are that are very difficult. Like uh, specifically when I, you know, like this question asker says, like when I have my mouth just chock, just just full to the brim with hamburger. Um, I don't necessarily want to to be asked twenty questions. Like, not really a good look. Um, well, and here the thing is, Derek, they do that on purpose. Why would they Okay, am I getting the insider scoop here? Like why would they possibly do that? What what could that possibly serve? Do you have much extra capacity for bitching and asking for things <laughs> when your job is stuffed to the as, brim with hamburger, Derek? As I as the question escaped my lips, the answer came to me and I realized, "Oh, it's so that you can't complain." Exactly. Because the thing is, like, you, you are exactly right. If I was in that situation and they came up to me with, and I had a mouthful of food and they asked how it was, even if it was like eroding my esophagus from the inside out, I would give them a thumbs up. Like, <laughs> that's just how it would go. I'm busy with this mouthful of bees, so I'm just going to make a thumbs up. <laughs> it's full of bees. I love it. <laughs> never it's never been more tender but no like as much as i love people like i don't i don't necessarily want to like <sighs> but the, i know i just said that i like people but i don't want to be bothered all the time does that does, is that I like people i just wish they would go away is that an oxymoron like <laughs> i feel it's an oxymoron no Derek, uh, you're just a millennial <laughs> honestly i think that the root of the thing is is that like Every time I talk to somebody, I'm afraid of saying something stupid. So after I have successfully uh, successfully kind of run the obstacle course of human interaction and I've come out on the other side with all limbs intact, I want that to be the end of it. Like I don't I don't want to run through the gauntlet again. But like every time the waiter comes back, you got to go through the obstacle course again and maybe it changes a little bit every time and they when they add those gators all of a sudden, you know, they, they gnaw your leg off and you, and you end up just leaving the restaurant feeling like a tool because you said something stupid. And that's, a, that's just a terrible risk. They're trying to help you out, Derek, because if you can't say anything because your mouth is full, you can't say anything stupid because your mouth is full. <laughs> but, it's a win-win. If that was, if that was understood, like that, if there was like a sign that said, if we come and ask how you're doing with, and your mouth is full, you know, here are some handy dandy signs that you can give, you know, to, to indicate your level of pleasure. Uh, but they don't. So, like, I will attempt to speak. like Kind of one of those inverse pain charts at the hospital. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, which I, I think are, are fantastic, like... Those pain charts are fantastic. Have you seen the new ones that they're putting around where like uh like one of them is like 
uh, one level is like be- being stung by a bee, and then the next level is like bees. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it is so fucking funny. Oh, uh, and so, so true. So yeah, I think I think we create the inverse pain chart that is like the happiness chart, specifically as it pertains to food quality and yeah. happiness with your food. Yeah, I don't, I don't like ten is not necessarily getting married to the hamburger or anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I've had some good hamburgers, so let's not completely rule it out. Let's make maybe maybe there's a hidden eleventh. I one mean, I did go on that king cake tour, <laughs> so you you definitely have experienced the full spectrum. Um, yeah, so so. The, the food satisfaction scale from one to ten. Uh, and and it, so do you think it, it would have to be like hand signals only? Or is there some other like um, gesticulation that you can do that we could work in there? I mean, I think it helps if you bring the chart pre-printed, probably laminated oh. for durability. <laughs> Definitely laminated. <laughs> there will be liquid or particulate matter oh, yeah. on that chart. And then when they come by and you're happily chomping away, you can point to the six. That is just a picture of you happily chomping away. I don't know what to say about this, Frank. Like, this is, this is, this would fulfill so many of my dreams. Um, or at least like. That's my problem with this podcast. I keep coming up with good answers to the questions. Damn it. I am terrible at this. You're like you're like three out of four. This one you have you have actually come up with the right answer. Um, I mean, I think this would this would be perfect because you know then there is a scale for you to say no, I'm not satisfied. To like I am very satisfied, and so it it short circuits any extra conversation. Uh, you can do it with your mouth full of you know the the yum yum food that that they're feeding you, um, and it it also like also gives them a good way to know how, how, you know, at least some sort of gauge of how good their tip's going to be. Because if you're like pointing to the top, like 10 and like pointing above the 10, they know that you are like, like achieving your, your, you, you have made it to flavor town. Like or you are, you're you are there to death on your food <laughs> and losing control of your limbs. <laughs> okay. There does need to be one option off to the side that says, I am currently choking. That does seem important. Yeah, but- I'm, starting to, I'm starting to envision less just the chart and more of food Ouija board. <laughs> we'll okay. maybe have the inverse pain scale. We'll have like the one that's just, you know, you choking. Maybe another one that's like, for more drink. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. They just put your, put your hand, greasy, greasy hand onto the planchette and you just kind of move it around a little bit. <laughs> oh, uh, just nudge a French we, fry over to the check, please. Would we call it the, I don't know the, the, the Ouija board. Ouija eat. Oh, no, that good. doesn't have it's it. Pretty good. That, that, that's that's okay. I'd give it a four out of ten on the the satis the food satisfaction scale. Um, fuck, I'm really drawing a blank here. Yeah, me too. I'm sitting here like, 
There, the potential is here. It, it's it is there. so great. If we could come up with a good portmanteau, like this could be the one. This could be the harebrained idea that rockets us to 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 fame and fortune. I mean, Ichi board seems pretty good. Ichi, Ichi, um, the the Gleegee board. I'm liking it, liking it. The, the Gleegee board. There we go. The Gleegee board. It's a little bit goofy. I'll I'll give you that, but but it's not bad. <laughs> you got the got the Gleegee board, um, and you can tell. And with that little planchette, tell them how much you like it. Oh God, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I've never, I've never wanted to call Milton Bradley more than I do right now. Oh my God. <sighs> my only other thought was like Dr. Derek Franklin's gustatory grammar. <laughs> while, while I, it does have a nice ring to it, I'm. I'm not sure it would quite have the appeal of the uh, the Gleegee board. Yeah, Gleegee board, I think, is probably the the top of the line. It's the best we're going to get. We better we better get ourselves over to Shark Tank immediately, Derek. I mean, this is like the second episode in a row we talked about pitching something to Shark Tank, but this time I'm serious. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll work on patenting the Gleegee board. We got a couple days before this episode comes out. We can talk to the patent office before then. <laughs> That's so fucking good. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to pat us on the back. I'm just like, I rarely have been ex- as excited about something we've come up with <laughs> as I am right now. Good news, Derek. What's that? There is no gleegeeboard.com. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm surprised. But I am, I am relieved. And I realize I've got, I've got my own, and I've also got foodcrimesunit.com. <laughs> that I have done nothing with. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, man. See, we're, we're just coming up with, like, with intellectual property left and right, and... It's irresponsible if we don't take advantage of it, my friend. Oh, man. Gleegee. Just Gleegee by itself. Gleegee.com is good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Gleegeeboard.com is good. <laughs> Let me go onto my cart. Oh man, this may be this may be the impetus that I need to start that side project. And because I've been looking for something that meant so much to me as to to make it completely to 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 be that drive that I need to complete something. This may be it. All right. Well, you we can work together on it, Derek, because I am now the proud owner of Gleja and Gleijaboard.com. <laughs> God. Oh, all right. Well, one day we will look back at this episode, the 61st episode of the podcast, and realize this is where it all went right. <laughs> we It took us 60 episodes to get here, but by God, we finally did it right. We've <laughs> arrived, Derek. Oh, all right. Well, in order for us to prepare 
for our ascendance, I think we should punch the clock. All right, before we go, please send us your questions. Uh, we need them. We love them. Uh, they don't have to be about work. They can be about life. But any funny situation or story that you have that we can give advice on, please send them to questions at WLICast.com. Uh, check out our website, WLICast.com, where you'll find links to our social media, Patreon, merch store, and other cool miscellany. And thank you very much to our wonderful patrons on Patreon. Uh, to our listeners who aren't supporting us on Patreon, consider doing so. Uh, you'll make you'll help us make the show better, and you'll also get some on-air shout-outs, swag bags, and t-shirts. Uh, you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash WLICast. And please do us a solid and tell someone you know about the show. Tell them why you love it, because it would mean the world to us. And getting more listeners and growing our audience will only mean good things for the show. So do your part and spread the word. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast, brought to you by Gleja Brand Boards. <laughs> I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Gleja Board co-creator Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. To the Gleja Board purchase page. <laughs> oh, this is the best idea that we've had, Derek, and we've had nothing but really terrible ideas. <laughs> what you're saying is that it wasn't hard for it to become the best yeah let's see toilet crimes unit toiletcrimesunit.com is available <laughs> of course it fucking is